truth of our feelings where we freely explore the beauty of our emotions but are confronted with and challenged to embrace the truth over our feelings. I'm Sharena Brown and this is my fifth episode and it feels weird saying five episodes since uh, I've been doing multiple parts with episodes with some of my friends and interviews um, but I've been releasing these things and um I was really eager to do this episode because I've been thinking about uh, what's been happening and I have been praying and asking the Lord for direction on what the next um, episode should be about. And um, when I thought about it, it's so, I, I don't want to say crazy because it's not crazy. It's amazing. And I can just see how the Lord completely started um, putting things in place. And uh, before I introduce him, I just want to briefly share a little bit about um, how we met. And I remember seeing uh, this brother in Christ and meeting him through our young adult ministry um, at our church. And uh, when I first met him, y'all, like he has this radiance about him and uh, you can just, just really see the light of Christ in him. And he's so warm and friendly. And, you know, when you just meet someone, you can tell there's like something that uh, attracts you to them, something about their personality that just draws you in. Um, I'd say that uh, what it is about him is his uh, authenticity. Like he just really exudes a beautiful authenticity that makes you want to be like, can we be friends? <laughs> um, and so... I think that's the best way that I could describe my interaction and how um, I met him. And when I found out that he was a mental health professional, I thought, oh, this totally makes sense. <laughs> and uh, anyway, after all of this, I started, um, after I started doing my podcast, uh, this brother reached out to me um, with just the kindest words and not just words about like confirming um, like what God is doing, but like that he was actively going to be praying for me and praying for these episodes. And that just really blessed me and he encouraged me in the faith. And that's just a beautiful thing that I think um, you can't take for granted. And I'm truly appreciative that he took the time to reach out to me and it just so happened to be in a time when I was thinking about, man, like all this stuff going on with COVID-19 and wanting to get, like, talk to a healthcare professional. And I was just like, ah, listen, thank you for reaching out to me. I think that this is the Lord. Can you pray about this? And he was just immediately um, receptive and um, I'm super grateful. So um, I just believe God was had his hand in this and put everything in motion to align. And I just feel privileged to welcome my brother in Christ, John. Hi, thanks for the warm welcome. Yes, no, thank you. Um, I'm super grateful that you're here. And uh, before we get started, I just always like to kick us off in prayer. Um, and then we can have some great conversation. Okay. Okay. Dear Lord, uh, just quiet my spirit. I feel so excited. Um, I feel a little bit anxious, um, but I am grateful for the work that you're doing, Lord. I thank you for this very moment um, and everything that has led up to this moment. I thank you for John. I thank you for um, the heart that you've given him. I thank you that 
that you're just using him as your vessel, Lord, to touch so many lives. And I feel privileged and grateful that you um, put it in his heart to join me and talk to me today. I pray that our conversation, as always, Lord, is glorifying to you and edifying for the kingdom. I pray that lives will be blessed by our conversation. I pray that lives will be transformed, um, hearts uh, changed, and minds renewed from our conversation, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And um, just bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So, uh, John, we talked a couple weeks ago, and a lot has transpired since then. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been pretty heavy. Um, it, I've seen some very divisive things unfold um, across the nation, the world, and um, but I've also seen a collective effort um, of unification. And I think a lot of like what we plan to talk about is still very relevant. And um, I think we're going to be getting into some heavy stuff a little bit later. But before we do, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. And uh, I've been calling you a mental health professional. So can you please tell everyone and tell us um, what your exact title is and your specialty? Yeah, so I'm a clinical therapist. And I just recently opened up a practice in Bethesda, Maryland. I specialize in marriage counseling, uh, predominantly with infidelity issues, conflict management, and communication skills training. Um, and I also do individual therapy for depression and anxiety as well. Got it. Well, thank you. That's uh, a whole host of things there. Um, can you talk about your experience and uh, like what happened in your life that led you and in, in like what's in your heart that led you to um, become a professional a healthcare professional a clinical wait say it again you're a clinical therapist clinical therapist mm -hmm. yeah great question so i actually honestly it's something that's been on my heart for a really long time since i was a kid Ever since like middle school, I've always been the uh, go-to person for a lot of friends. Whenever they wanted to talk about their problems or needed a listening ear, I've always just kind of naturally um, and intuitively been, just sort of played that role in people's lives. And over time, I kind of learned that I, have, I had a gifting for being able to not just listen to others, but provide a certain level of insight and depth um, and a sense of direction whenever people are struggling with different types of hurts and pain. Um, particularly with depression, that was one of my earliest discoveries and, and how God has gifted me to be able to serve the body more specifically. Um, so I started interning when I was in high school for my youth pastor, and I started leading Bible study groups and discipling other guys. And just naturally through ministry, God really revealed to me just different ways in which I'm gifted. Um, so I went to Liberty after that. I got my psych degree, and then I did professional counseling, then I went to seminary, and God just brought me through back-to-back -back opportunities just to show me how he's gifted me and wired me to serve him, but I'm in love with what I do. Well, thank you. Um, I think uh, that makes so much sense, because when I like first met you, I had no idea what you did, and like you were always like asking me questions and like you're such a great listener and I was just like this guy is so nice like what is up with him <laughs> um, and so 
So um, I, I really appreciate, um, I appreciate you sharing that. And um, I praise God that I've been able to just see um, how the Lord is using you. So um, let's kind of get into some questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, more things rather. Uh, so for the longest, I've uh, carried the weight of my emotions in a very like unwieldy way. And honestly, I think that's a mild way of putting it. So majority of the time, like situations would just kind of overwhelm me to the point where I would be debilitated. And I think I shared some of this in my first podcast uh, where I was listening to Dr. Tony Evans, who is, by the way, my favorite preacher. <laughs> he was doing a seminar. He went to the seminary that I just came back from. Oh, really? What, that's yep. the Dallas Theological Seminary? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. He speaks there every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. And he was just <laughs> up in uh, the D.C. area for... Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, he released his... Um, his commentary. He's the first African American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he was up here. That was really cool. Um, so anyway, <laughs> he was doing a sermon series on emotional strongholds and he described mm -hmm. emotions as an alarm. And I'm just kind of paraphrase, paraphrasing it, but essentially he said that um, if there's an actual alarm, like fire going on, you wouldn't go mm -hmm. fanning or playing around with the fire alarm. Your attention should be focused on discovering the root of the problem or the fire and uh, that's kind of how truth over feelings for me got started um, because my problem was that i would have like a range of reactions to my alarm and mm. that could be like frantically fanning the alarm spending all these times my emotions uh or just like blowing on the alarm <laughs> or uh like taking the alarm down and hold, like nursing it and holding it like it's a baby um to looking at the alarm from a distance like with complete disdain and like just wishing it never even existed mm -hmm. um to like another spectrum is like ignoring it and um which i think looks a little bit different for me and just like plugging my ears and saying like just shut off, you know, or trying to take the batteries out or trying to rip it down and bash it to oblivion. Um, and then what I look like when I'm just kind of in incapacitated with that is just laying down and being like, please stop and crying through the situation, right? Um, and meanwhile, the root of the fire is just like impossible to discover because it's spread all over and so fast around me that I'm like swallowed up in the frame, in the flames. And, um, so there's like a catalyst when it comes to truth over feelings for me, like a specific situation. But, um, and when I was dealing with, dealing with that during that time, I was listening to Dr. Charles Stanley, another amazing preacher. And, mm -hmm. um, he was doing a sermon series on like training your thought life. And mm -hmm. when I tell you, John, like that wrecked me. Um, the Lord started just kind of removing the scales from my eyes. And um, I believe he just like helped me realize that my emotions was an idol for me. Like just mm -hmm. with those examples that I use, I was like spending all this time. So um, even though like I realized even then as much as I tried to ignore my feelings um, away, like that they would just go away, I com I was completely consumed with them. Like mm -hmm. just the concept of them. Mm -hmm. so, so busy focusing all of my attention and blame on my emotions instead of assessing my thought life. Uh, 
which yeah. I learned is the root of my emotions going on. Mm -hmm. um, and how do we assess our thought life? The word of God. And mm -hmm. um, after Jesus' final teaching, um, he prays in John 17, and he specifically says, um, he asks God, sanctify his disciples in the truth. And then he says, your word is truth. And mm. um, that is so powerful to me because like I've noticed about this whole prayer and in this chapter, every verse can be tied back to one God's glory, um, which mm -hmm. you prayed for me for. Um, for yeah. So thank you. Um, and two, um, thought life, like whether it's an experiential knowledge, whether it's head knowledge or just like beliefs and like, what do you believe about who God is, um, who Jesus is and how he died on the cross. Uh, um, and I think that reveals a lot about God and about us, his glory is imperative, um, like first and foremost. And Jesus was and is a reflection of God's glory. And he requires us as believers to be a reflection of God's glory as well. And we aren't like properly assessing our experiences from, from the filtered lenses of God's truth, which is his word. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Certainly are susceptible to becoming overwhelmed by our emotions like I had been. <laughs> um, yeah. and, it up, so. <laughs> um, and whether it's in for me, that's emotions and then maybe other people it's just their own circumstances. So like insert whatever your issue is, whatever your potential mm -hmm. idol is. And I didn't realize it, but God started like making this shift in my life. And really, that's an answer to Jesus prayer when he prayed right before he um, before he went to the cross. And so it's like one that feels good because yeah. like, oh, we're answered prayer to like we're answered to Jesus prayer, like these reflective <laughs> little glories walking around this earth. Um, yes. <laughs> and I know that was a lot, uh, but I just want to give a little context to like my personal experience and like what scripture mm -hmm. says and how being sanctified really just is a constant thing. So my questions are <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? Like Truth over mm -hmm. feelings, our thought life, and our feelings. And then I have another one, but I'll let you start there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I love how you framed it in the context of glorifying God, because essentially we know that as human beings, we are created in the Imago Dei, or the image of God. And one of the many different ways that as human beings that we're created in the image of God is we have the ability and the capacity to experience a wide breadth and spectrum of different emotions. Um, let me give an example. Anger, for instance, given um, the nature of where society is today, what's happened recently with George Floyd, especially anger is the predominant emotion that I think a lot of people today can resonate with. Every single person is angry for a variety of different reasons, right? But when you look at it, it's important to kind of look beneath the surface of what's superficially causing us to get angry. I think as a society, we have a tendency of displacing our anger on certain actions or certain behaviors or certain events that have happened. But the reality is there are deeper root causes and underlying factors to what contributes to anger. Um, and I, I've noticed time and time again, when I work with patients in the office, there's really three core root causes of anger. It's unmet needs, unhealed hurts, and unsatisfied expectations, right? Let's say we adopt these same principles to what's happened recently with George Floyd, right? And that needs, the need to feel 
like you are valued as a human being. The need to feel like what you have to say, that your contribution to the community and to society matters. Unhealed hurts, centuries worth of discrimination, prejudice, racism, structural institutional racism, a variety of different things that contribute to a lot of the discouragement and the anger and the frustration that's overwhelming people right now today, right? Unsatisfied expectations, the expectation for unconditional love to be respected equally as a human being, right? When you really dig into each of these three core factors, they really do help us describe um, and give language to a variety of different reasons why we experience even that one particular emotion, right? And let's even compare that to Jesus. Jesus experienced a wide variety of different emotions, right? Even anger is something that he encountered. When we look at even Matthew 21, the example of when he overthrew all the tables in the temple courts, right? That was a perfect example of Jesus being angry. Each of those three categories also apply as well. He wasn't angry just about the fact that people weren't worshiping God and they were worshiping other things. He was frustrated because they were unmet needs, the need to, for God to be glorified and magnified for who he is, right? Unhealed hurts, the history of sin that's been persistent and pervasive throughout history and the nature of mankind and what sin does to their hearts. Unsatisfied expectations, all these different things um, help give us context and language to be able to understand the deeper root causes of what's underlying our emotions. Um, so I use anger as one particular example, but the reality is we go through a variety of different emotions because we're created in the image of God. And if Jesus is God in the flesh, then we can look at him as an example to see that, hey, Jesus, when he was here on earth, experienced a wide variety of different emotions, right? What's the shortest passage in the Bible? Jesus wept. There you go. That's a perfect example of sadness, right? He experienced a wide spectrum of different emotions. So how can we, attempting to conform to the image of Christ and engage in this progressive sanctification process, not allow ourselves and deprive ourselves of the opportunity to be able to sit with how we're feeling, process it, and allow that to bring us to a place where we can then bring that before God and before the community and glorify him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think um, a challenge for me for the longest was that, that processing, like, I was just like, I don't pretend they're not there, you know, like, that's good. That's good. Well, and, you know, like during this time, like I've talked to many friends and family about how they've been feeling since COVID-19 mm-hmm. and just the stay at home orders, which, you know, by this point have like relaxed significantly. But the new normal, I think, is still uncertain. Um, many of us like still have anxiety, depressions, feel that loneliness and overwhelmed. And, you know, some people are annoyed um, <laughs> and just fear, you know. So like God word, God's word gives us instruction many times about training our minds and renewing our minds and um, something that is like not at all taking away from like medication um, being uh, an essential treatment plan. 
how do we like outside of that like how do we practically like cope with these emotions that we're feeling mm-hmm. um I, I have another question but i'll wait i'll ask that first yeah well i think one big thing and i talk about this all the time with patients and especially with couples um, that enter relationships Oftentimes, I love how you talked about the word mind. So we know from scripture that the words mind and heart are used interchangeably and constantly. Um, Mind referring more to thoughts and cognitions, heart referring to desire and will. Oftentimes there's a divorce between the head and the heart. And when we experience this disparity and this divorce between the head and the heart, we may know things to be theologically or cognitively or cerebrally true, but it may not necessarily align with how we feel in the present moment. Like I may know that God is good and he provides, but in this moment, I'm looking at the state of the world and I'm deeply saddened. And it brings me to a place where I can even question at times, God, are you really as good as you say you are in scripture? Mm-hmm. And that divorce between the head and the heart is one of the things that stunts us um, in our walk with the Lord. Part of that progressive sanctification process and becoming more and more like Christ looks like challenging yourself to enter the presence of God and really come before him, surrendering and laying down and acknowledging, hey, Lord, this is what I believe on a hard level. My desires and what I want and what I feel in the moment is like this. I know this to not be true in accordance with or in alignment with your character and your nature and who you say you are in your word, right? Help me to process this pain, walk with me through this journey. I process what it means to feel like you are absent, you are not there, you are all the different negative things that people feel like God are right now that are inconsistent with his character and the nature and the reality of who it is, who he is in the day. I think when we allow ourselves the space and the room, really sit with and process that disparity and that difference and that gap between the head and the heart, that's when we enter a space where we are really coming to terms with the authenticity and the genuineness of where we are in contrast to what we believe about where we should be. And that's where God meets us in the lies that we reinforce in our hearts and the pain that we're going through and the suffering that we encounter and all the different things that we believe about him that are false and inconsistent with his character. Ooh, yeah, so... Hey, feelers, uh, this was the end of episode five, part one. I hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to tune in next week for more. Uh, Let's uh, have some good discussion. If you have questions or comments, please comment below and like and subscribe and feel free to share. Let's make a community. See you next time.